The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yeah! Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the brand new show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, and it's been a very historic and yet emotional week in the National Basketball Association, which started on Wednesday, August 26th with the NBA boycotts, where there were three playoff games slated to play, and the NBA players decided to strike, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it trickled down to all the other games on that um, scheduled docket that day. And this came after... Another underarm African-American male was shot by police in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Jacob Blake is his name. Say his name, Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the back. Seven times in the back by police officers who were not wearing body cameras. And Jacob Blake was reportedly there just trying to break up a fight between two patrons. And he was shot in front of his three children who were in the car. And now Blake is now reported paralyzed from the waist down. And protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and across the nation are now demanding justice and accountability. And the National Basketball Association is not different at all. They made the sacrifice and the choice to opt in and play in the bubble with the, the hindsight that this platform was going to be used to try to cultivate change and demand social justice and accountability for the systemic racism, the police brutality and all the other injustices that have been done towards particularly black people in the Black Lives Matter movement, but all marginalized groups here in America. And I tip my hat to them to the NBA players. I know it wasn't coordinated and organized and there was some frustration on that part with the owners and some other players but i'm i'm happy that the milwaukee bucks in which the state that this incident took place made a stand that in a potential in basically a series clinching game you decide to make a stand and not play the game to draw attention and demand justice for another armed arm african-american male shot by the police as well as countless others African-Americans who have been done wrong by police. And I just, you know, as African-American male, it means so much to me to see them make the stands, you know, sacrifice potential title, money, you know, perks, opportunity, fame, notoriety. They sacrificed it all for people who are not fortunate to be in the situation that they are and to use their platform, their status to try to cultivate true change. And one of the most powerful things that come out of the boycott was the story of uh, Jalen Brown, who, when they were deciding to potentially end the season, in the playoffs, he challenged everybody that said, hey, if we're going to not play games just so, so we can go back home, sit with our families and not go out there and be on the front lines, then what's the point? What's the point of even going home? So he said, if this is an opportunity to have all of our eyes, all of our ears, attention to the National Basketball Association, we can draw attention to those who have been wrongly unjust, then we need to stay here in a bubble. And as much as I would have understood them not playing, 
any more playoff games this year. The fact that they, that they came back and are still going to be on the forefront of conversation means a lot to me. So hats off to the NBA. And in that same somber note, unfortunately, to start off this uh, program, there was a lot of loss this past week, contributions to basketball and to culture with the passing of Chadwick Bozeman, who uh, was battling cancer for the last four years, unfortunately, colon cancer to be specific. Uh, the actor who played Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and famously Black Panther T'Challa has left us, unfortunately, was a fan of the NBA and a lot of players and even, you know, people in the African-American community, Marvel fans, superhero fans. His portrayal of Black Panther was so inspirational to so many people. And it was a very powerful movie for me to see, to see a black superhero. And it's, we're terribly saddened by his passing, as well as Cliff Robinson, who played in the NBA for several years. David Thompson, who contributed players into the NBA, but coached at Georgetown, was the first black head coach to win a national title in basketball in unprecedented times where there wasn't many African-American coaches around college basketball. He gave many African-American males opportunities to succeed, including Allen Iverson, who credit him with a lot, and as well as Lute Olson, who passed away this past week, putting a lot of players, turning Arizona into one of the top NCAA basketball programs in the nation year in and year out, and put a lot of players in the league as well. So we want to give all four of those people who passed away their flowers at this time. Now, moving on to a more positive topic and back to your regularly scheduled program, talking about the Hawks. It's time for one of my favorite things in the offseason, even though the playoffs are still going on, are rumors. And just like Rich Homie Kwan, I heard, I heard. There's a lot of rumors going around about the Atlanta Hawks specifically, which should get Hawks fans excited. Even though the offseason isn't officially here, our offseason is officially here, and the rumor mill is getting juicy early on, so I'm rubbing my hands here like Birdman right now. As I move on to our first rumor that broke last week, there are rumors right now connecting the Hawks to the San Antonio Spurs, a potential scenario in which the Hawks would trade both draft picks this year, potentially, to the Spurs for DeMar DeRozan. Now, Everybody has famously known about the long playoff run for the Spurs that ended this year. And if you're a J.J. Reddick fan, J.J. Reddick's playoff run ended this year too as well. But back to DeMar and the Spurs. The rumors say that the Hawks love the idea of pairing him with Trey Young and John Collins. And as I first hear this, I'm like a 31-year-old two guard who could play the three sometime who isn't a great three-point shooter at all he's known for his prolific mid-range game and it kind of turned me off especially depending on how much money we at the Hawks can throw at him but with our large cap room that we have this offseason money will not be an issue it's just a matter of is it a fit and if he wants to come to Atlanta which I think Atlanta the city itself sells itself the roster now with the young talent that they have sell itself. And DeMar DeRozan could be that piece that we are missing. Even though on the last program I said that we need to improve defensively in three-point shooting, 
DeMar, he's a more than capable defender, but obviously three-point shooting is lacking. But if you have an opportunity to add a career 20-point scorer, four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA player with a prolific mid-range game by today's standards when many teams are opting out against the mid-range uh, shot, the jump shot for the three-point ball, which, I mean, the Warriors made famously successful and now is being replicated out in the league. But DeMar DeRozan has proven in his time in Toronto in the little bit of time in San Antonio, not as much. The Spurs haven't had a lot. They've had a lot of injuries to deal with. But he's proven that he can help generate offense with his driving ability. His assist numbers have been trending up for the last three, four years. And now he is averaging at least five assists per game the last three seasons. He can be a capable ball handler and a playmaker aside from Trey Young. And he can be on the court with obviously him and Collins. I mean, he's going to be in the starting lineup if you could bring him to Atlanta. But I can see him... Handling the ball, running some off-ball options with Trey Young, and vice versa. DeMar DeRozan moves really well without the ball. And as well as this ability to penetrate the defense, pull up, shoot that mid-range, set people up, and then pass out. I think it adds another element to this Hawks team, especially scoring on the offensive side. It's only going to improve the team offensively with his threat to take it to the hoop, and as well as he gets to the free throw line pretty consistently, and he's an 82% free throw shooter. So even though he doesn't improve the three-point shooting for the Hawks, he adds another capable scorer to the roster that has two 20-point scorers already. We've already seen Trey Young can easily put up 40, 50 in a game. DeMar DeRozan in his career has put up 30, 40 in 53 is his career high, but he's put up 30 and 40 on the reg and he can do it. And I think he still can do it at the age of 31. And he can truly help this Hawks team fill a void as far as veteran leadership, someone with playoff experience, even though he did not get past the Eastern Conference Finals, running into LeBron and them, you know, famously naming Toronto LeBronto. But If you can add someone who scored 22 points per game last year, had five and a half rebounds and 5.6 assists, I think that ultimately makes your team better. So that's what we heard. Will it come to fruition? We don't know. I don't know how Hawks fans, how you feel about trading two picks this year. But I know if you're wanting to win now and you want to be Eastern Conference playoff team now, adding young talent aside from the top three in this draft, it's not going to severely, you know, inch you closer and closer to uh, being a playoff team. And I think DeMar DeRozan to your team does that. And another rumor linked to the Hawks that we heard is another former Spurs player now in Washington, Davis Bertans, on, in reports on uh, August 24th, came out of the NBC Sports affiliate in Washington, D.C., where the Wizards have made signing Bertans a top offseason priority, but the Hawks are expected to pursue him as well. It is known around NBA circles that the Hawks really like Davis Bertan, and they have, like I said earlier, the most cap space out of any team this offseason, according to uh, Sportrack. And the Suns and Knicks are both 
reportedly interested in pursuing him as well. Bertans, if you're not familiar on Bertans, he's not just the you know the the tall shooter that you saw on the Spurs. He's grown to a little bit more in his time in Washington this past year. Bertans, six ten, Latvian power forward, set career highs in Washington this year, averaging fifteen points per game, four, four and a half rebounds in twenty nine minutes and made 3.7 three-pointers per game, all career highs this past year. He's also known as a really good passer as a big man, and he's a career 41% three-point shooter. And his career plus-minus is 4.5 on the court, and he has playoff experience, which is another thing that I alluded to with DeMar and as well as in the last program. We need a little bit more experience, a little more veteran presence. Even though Bertans has only been in the league, three, four years, he's still been in the playoffs. He come from a good system with the Spurs, and he's growing his game in Washington. And if Atlanta has a spot on the roster for him, he definitely improves your three-point shooting, your spacing as a team with the shooting from the four position who could come off the bench behind Collins or play alongside of Collins or Capella in a bench-type scenario. And he's a really good spot-up shooter, and there's a lot of film of him moving really well off the ball, which is what you're going to have to do in Atlanta because he won't be ball handling. We have people to do that here in Atlanta. But to have another capable shooter that can help space the floor, and he does a really good job when he's moving off the ball, as I mentioned, of getting in the line of sight of players driving so that they can see him and kick it out to him. He's, he's great with spacing. And he definitely learned that in pop system in San Antonio and it's translated to Washington. And I think it could be a tremendous help for the Hawks as well if we were to add him this year. I don't think he will be commanding large money, but with all the cap space that we have, adding DeMar DeRozan and Bertans to pieces that can play now and instantly make you better in certain categories and will help them propel them into a playoff team. Because like I said, Bertans was the third leading scorer, obviously with the injuries with the Wizards this year, for them. And you have an opportunity to bring him to Atlanta, maybe potentially bring in DeMar DeRozan. You have some people that can help Trey Young and Collins and Capello right now and add to that culture that's in place in Atlanta. So we'll see. I love rumors. I love what I'm hearing right now. Heard. And here's some more rumors tied to the NBA draft as well. The Hawks apparently really liked LaMelo Ball before draft lottery took place. They really, really liked LaMelo Ball. And now with them falling to six, it makes it less likely that they could have the inside track to LaMelo Ball. But the fact that this news came out, there's great prospects at six. There's trade rumors surrounding the Hawks now with their picks, as I mentioned with DeMar DeRozan. It kind of gives you insight to potentially how the Hawks are viewing this draft and could lead to a higher possibility, as I mentioned, of the Hawks trading this pick to either trade up into the top three if they really like LaMelo Ball, if they really want the hometown guy and Anthony Edwards to stay in Atlanta 
for them to do that, but as well as trade those picks, the the first round pick and the second round pick, package it and get a player that can help them now. There's a lot of flexibility that the Hawks have this draft, and they're not necessarily pigeonholed into making a decision at six. I like the prospects, as I mentioned, at six, and one of the prospects, another rumor on this program that we heard. Ooh, Rich Homie Kwan, you know, shout out, shout out. You need to get on the program as well. I'm really, you know, hyping your song up today. But rumors, rumors that a draft prospect, Danny Avia, is supposedly doing his pre-draft workouts in Atlanta this fall. And he could potentially fall to Atlanta. He's projected anywhere from four to seven, eight in the mock drafts that I've seen. And with the current societal conditions with COVID-19, him training in Atlanta, I think it gives the Hawks a leg up and it makes it easier for them to evaluate him, bring him in for workouts, interviews, and to really evaluate this prospect to see if he's a good fit for their team. And we'll transition into a quick profile on Danny Avila, who I watch a lot of film on. He is a small forward, 6'9", 215-pound Israeli. He's a star over there. They love him already. He kind of has that Ricky Rubio, not Luka Doncic, but more so I say Ricky Rubio hype when it comes to overseas, especially in Israel. They are calling him the guy to make it make it in the NBA and be a star. I know the, the country of Israel has not had a true star in the NBA, and they're really hoping Danny Avia can be that guy. And when I watched him on film, I see a guy that's efficient. He's still growing in his game. He's young, but with him having EuroLeague experience and FIBA experience, and he led the Israeli U-20 team to two gold medals, He's experienced. He's experienced in his game is a little more mature for a prospect of his age coming into the NBA. And a lot of the European prospects have a little more control over the game. They're a little more fluid because of the professional aspect that they've been going through for however many years. Look at Luka Doncic. Danny Avila, like I said, his game is still growing. But one of the things that's, that stood off stood out to me on film was that he's a fantastic passer. He can start the break. He can throw the quarterback pass down the court like Kevin Love. He loves, no pun intended, to get people involved. He's a really good rebounder, good ball handler for his size. He can pass it out of the post. And he has a pretty good set shot off the dribble, which I think will continue to improve just with further development in the NBA. He's good at driving to the hole, which is a plus because that right there helps stress the defense, especially with his passing ability and his driving ability to the lane, through the lane, to the hoop, can help create passing lanes for open teammates. A couple of things that I see that he needs to get better at, he needs to be a little bit more aggressive and continue to improve on the defensive side of the ball. With him being 6'9", 215, his aggressiveness will come with more strength, putting a little bit more on his on his frame, and as well as more confidence, growing in confidence. He's pretty confident playing in his league overseas, but translating that confidence in your game to a new league in the NBA and in a new system, new country, new language, but he, he can definitely speak English. In one of the interviews I, I saw, he speaks really good English which is a plus already positioning into the NBA when he does do that. Continued consistency in his shot 
and his aggressiveness will only help him be a very, very good NBA player. He reminds me of Kyle Kuzma a little bit, but the more film I look at of his with his passing ability, I see a lot of Dario Saric in him. Now, he was 33% from the three-point line last year, and his free throw shooting will need to improve dramatically. But that comes with times and development. And I know that some of the other uh, draft sites have compared him to Hidu Turkoglu and Luka Doncic. I see more Dario Saric, in my opinion, with his game, with his passing ability. He can shoot. He can drive. He has that flair. I see a lot of Dario Saric, and I think that that is a player that can help the Hawks continue to space the floor, get another great passer, a good ball handler for his size, a mismatch, can stretch the floor, uh, put pressure on the four position, having to cover from the three-point line all the way to the paint in the basket with uh, Danny Avia. So we will see if reports intensify with the Hawks bring him for a workout with him being in this city of Atlanta and them getting to evaluate him, they could possibly have a leg up and maybe they keep that six pick and take Danny Avia if they like him and think that he's a great fit for this team. So lots to think about, a lot of speculation leading up to the draft and the official start of the offseason. But as I mentioned, we didn't hard. A lot of rumors today that should get Hawks fans excited and get them thinking about the possibilities of what the Hawks can do and the flexibility that they have. So I would love to see our Hawks fans' thoughts on this. So follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. And follow myself, Brad Jarrett67, Brad Jarrett. J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7 on Twitter. Holla at you, boy! I would love to see, what would you like the Hawks do? Would you like them to keep the pick? Would you like for them to trade the pick? Get DeMar, get another superstar, another player of value. We have a lot of cat space. We have a lot of money to blow. So, the possibilities are endless. So, hit me up. Let me know what you think. Thank you again for tuning in to today's Hoop Ball Hawks episode where we will come out with new content every week. So be on the lookout for that. And I will end the program with a positive message. You may tune into a lot of media and see a lot of negative things with the pandemic and social injustice going on in our country. But here at Hoop Ball Hawks, we want to always remain positive. We want to always shed light and spread light. And we want to encourage you to just keep going, keep smiling. Good things are going to happen for this fan base, for this franchise. I foresee good things happening. And as well as in your personal life. Uh, Brad Harden here at the Hoop Ball Network at Hoop Ball Hawks. It's all about love and positivity. So I want to dabble in that and share that with you. And I thank you again for tuning into our program. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah!